let's hear what God has to say to us. God, our hands are open because we want to hear from you. You're a great God. For many of us, 2021 wasn't the year that we would have scripted, but you were still faithful. You were still God. You still worked in mysterious and profound ways, and you still loved us. And we're so thankful for a God who lavishes his love on his people. In the next few minutes with my friends here, God, may you give me the words to say. We give you permission to speak to us. We want to hear from you. We love and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, for the next three weeks, I'm, I'm going to walk you through not resolutions. I'm going to walk you through something we're going to call essentials. Okay, so not resolutions because some of you are like, I've tried that. I'm not doing resolutions, Matt. We're going to do essentials. Okay, so some New Year's resolutions but we're going to call them essentials for you. The Bible says a lot about faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and verse 6, it says this, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of of what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, I told you, people are coming in from the banks. They... Let's clap for them. They walked in. They no, they <laughs> too fun. All right. So that Hebrews eleven verse one and six. Let's say it again. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible. And we could translate that word whatever way we want to. Impossible still means impossible. to to please God. If you don't get anything else out of this, get this right now. Nothing pleases God more than when we trust him. If you want to please God in 2022, then you need to grow in your faith. Well, how does God help us grow in our faith? He does it in a very unique way, and I'm sorry as you walked in this morning, you were probably hoping for a great, joyful 2022 message. This one's going to be one of those tough ones for us. God does the testing or the growing of our faith in a unique way. God brings faith into your life and grows in your grows faith in your life by these three words, testing your faith. We don't like that. James 1 verse 3 says this, the testing of your faith develops perseverance so that you may be mature and complete. So you and I are going to have opportunities this year to grow in our faith by God testing it. In fact, every day you have faith-building opportunities. You just aren't aware of them. You haven't seen them, but they come in the form of tests. So this morning, I want to talk to you about four different tests that God's going to bring to us in 2022. The very first one, God tests our faith through demands. In other words, God asks us to do things that we don't understand. Has God ever done that in your life? Sure. You've read a command and you go, that doesn't make sense. But God asks you to do it and he's testing your faith. Here's a big number for you. There's over 1,000, let me say it a different way, 1,050 Man, it's January 2nd. There's 1,050 different commands in the New Testament alone. 
Some of these commands seem inconvenient. Some of them seem unreasonable. And some seem impossible. But they're all there for your benefit and growth. There are commands in the Bible, for instance, that say this, don't worry about anything. Well, that's not an easy one. There's another command in the Bible that says this, no matter what happens in your life, give thanks and rejoice. Maybe you look back at 2021 and go, that's not an easy one either, Matt. There's a command in the Bible that says this, forgive those who hurt you. Don't seek retaliation. Just forgive them. Well, that's not an easy one either. You see, God gives us every single command in the Bible for our own good and for the development of our faith because every command is a test of faith. Every time that I read something in the Bible and God says to me, are you going to do that? Are you going to listen to me? I know what's best. Or... Am I going to listen to that gut feeling that you and I have, my natural inclination where I think I know what's best for me? It's always a test. Will I trust God and do what he says even though it doesn't make sense? Or will I do what I think is best? Friends, that's why we often have problems in our lives because we don't follow the commands of Christ. Did you know that the Israelites, when Moses freed them from Egypt and they were going to the promised land, they wandered in the desert wilderness for 40 years? It's kind of crazy. Because if you and I were to walk from Egypt to Israel today, we could do it in about two weeks. And it took them 40 years. God was testing them. In fact, the Bible says that God, gave, uh, God specifically gave the Israelites seven tests. And those Israelites failed every single test. So God basically was saying, okay, just do another lap around in the desert. Finally, they just completely failed, and the young generation, the kids, were able to go in. I don't know about you, but you may be in a desert this morning. You may be in an emotional desert. You're not getting the support that you need. You may be in a financial desert. You maybe in a career desert. You may be in a desert in your relationships here on earth with one another, maybe even with schooling. Friends, God is testing your faith right now. God wants you to learn how to walk with him moment by moment. Not just trust him once a week when you come into church, or maybe once a month when it tweaks in your mind that you should do it. Remember, friends, God said this, give us this day our daily bread. It's not weekly bread, it's daily bread. God wants you to depend on him every moment. That pleases him. That's the whole reason he gave manna. Obviously, there wasn't any food for the Israelites in the desert to feed all those people. So the Bible says that God rained down this special bread. It came down and there was just enough for the day but they were told not to hog it and store it up because God wanted them to depend on him every day. Exodus 16 verse 4 says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. These people are to go out each day and gather enough for the day. 
In this way, I will test them and see if they are actually following my instructions. Friends, sometimes God asks you to do the impossible. You might say, why is God asking me to do that? Because God wants to do it through you in a supernatural way. God asked Peter to to walk on water one day. God asked Noah to build an ark, a giant ship in the middle of the desert where there was no water. God asked Abraham one day in his retirement years to pack up everything he had and leave it behind and travel on foot to a brand new nation. God said to Abraham, I'm going to build a new country on you. The Bible says that Abraham simply obeyed in faith. Faith and obedience always go together. When God says to do something, and I obey it, that always builds your faith. That What that means for us is the next year as I read the Bible, and every time that I find a verse, and I know that God is saying he wants me to do something with that, Some instruction. When I obey it, immediately my faith grows. On the other hand, if I ignore it, if I think about it, if I procrastinate, then my faith always shrivels. The impossible forces you to trust God. God's going to ask you, friends, to do some things this year that seem unusual, unusual, unreasonable. And you're not going to understand them. And they're going to seem impossible. It's going to be a test of faith. If you do it, every time you do it, God says that your faith will grow. Well, here's the second thing, okay? The second thing. He's going to test my faith through difficulties. Guess what I'm talking about? Problems, pressures, stresses, crises that are going to happen in your life this year. In 2022, we don't have a clue what's going to happen. God does. In 1 Peter 1, it says this, In all of this you say, uh, in all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little, while you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, they have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor. I want you to notice a few things from that verse. It's just some things that, that are really important from First Peter chapter 1. Friends, thank God we'll only suffer grief for a little while. We're going to have problems in 2022. They're going to come and they will go. They're not going to be with us for our entire life. You know you can make it to the end because there is an end. The second thing is, it says in all kinds of trials. In fact, God custom makes problems for us. There's a story in the Bible about Jonah. He was running from God and the Bible says that God created a great fish that swallowed him up for a couple days to get his attention. Sometimes, friends, God has to custom make a fish for us that swallows us up, gets our attention, so that we trust him. You see, if you and I never had a problem, we never would know that God could solve them. You don't know that God is all you need until God is all that you have. 
There will be situations in your life, difficulties, where God is all you have. Here's the third thing from that first Peter. Notice it says that trials are going to come into your life. It's not an accident. Nothing pleases God more than trusting him. I want you to get this this morning. Nothing comes into your life without God's permission if you're a believer. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying God causes all your problems. He doesn't have to. You and I are quite good at it ourselves. And the devil brings in a few too. I'm not saying God causes evil. God never causes evil. So Matt, why do bad things happen to good people? We don't have time to get into that this morning, but let me give you a few reasons. One of the reasons why God allows bad things to happen to good people is it tests our faith. As I have said, you don't know God is all you need until God is all you have. It's not an accident. Even trivial problems that come into your life this next year, flat tires, strange things, trivial things, even those opportunities are chances for you to grow in your character to develop faith, to become more like Christ. Everything in your life can be an opportunity for growth. God always has a purpose behind your problem. It happens so that you can prove your faith. Isaiah 48 verse 10 says this, See, I have refined you, though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. I don't want you to raise your hands, but in your mind, you can raise your hand. How many of us this past year have been in the furnace of suffering or affliction? It's hot. It's very hot. When the heat's on in your life and the pressure's on and you think, and you think you're going to explode, that you're going to boil over, when you say these words, I can't handle the heat anymore in my life. How does God want me to respond in those situations? Just like the demand tests are going to come, so the difficulty ones do. James 1 says this, verse 2 and 3, Consider it pure joy. Once again, we could try to translate it into different words. It's still joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance let's not get a show of hands but how many of us really like that verse it's not one of those easy verses it's not one of those happy verses is god saying that when there's a tragedy i should smile and be happy about it when i see evil in the world done to myself or other people should i be happy about it when things go wrong and my plans fall flat And I sin, should I be happy about it? No. See, the happiness in that verse is the second part of the verse where it says, you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It produces endurance. I can grow in my faith not only when I obey immediately, but when I rejoice continually. Knowing that God is in control, that God has a purpose, that God has a plan, that even when bad things happen and they come into my life, he can still turn them around and use them for good if I trust him. Matt, why in the world 
Can I be happy when things are falling apart in my life? Because I know several things. I know that God's always in control. I know that God is a good God and has my best interest at heart. He loves me. I know that God can change the situation. He's got more than enough power to change it. I know that God will use the situation in my life to build faith, to build character if I trust him. Because of those things that I know, I can be happy. I can be joyful even in sad times. Not over the sadness, but knowing that God has a bigger picture. Here's the third one. God always tests my faith through delays. Can you imagine if every prayer in your life was answered immediately? And if every problem you had was automatically solved? And if every need that you ever had was instantly met? You would have no faith. It would never grow. So God intentionally delays some answers to our prayers in order to stretch our faith. To help us grow up, to help us be mature, your faith would never be stretched. One of the most important realizations you need to understand about life is that God's timing is always perfect. He's never late. He's never early. He's always on time. The problem is that God's timetable doesn't match my timetable. The problem with all of us in this room is we hate to wait. We despise delays. We like everything now. We hate delays. So what we do in the tests of life when we're delayed and when we're waiting on God, we often take things into our own hands, and that's when we get ourselves into trouble. Proverbs 19.2 says this, great words from the author. Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? We like to rush. Much of our life is built around delays. And if we don't know how to patiently wait on God, then we can't grow in our faith. When you're in the test, that's what I want to call God's waiting room. Some of you are in God's waiting room right now. Others of you, you'll be in the waiting room several times this year. In God's waiting room, we tend to ask when. Questions such as, when is this going to end? When is my marriage going to get better? How long, God, am I going to have this problem? There's a whole book in the Bible about this question. It's called Habakkuk. Habakkuk says, how long are you going to let the bad guys win, God? In the waiting rooms of life, this delay test, you start saying things like, when? When am I going to get a better job? When am I going to get a better relationship? When am I going to meet that special person? Maybe you're even saying this this morning, God, when am I going to get well? God, when are my finances going to turn around? When is this hurt going to stop? When am I going to come out of this depression? Well, what do you do in the waiting room of life? The Bible says this in Psalm 37, verse 7 and 8, Be still. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. What David is saying is in God's waiting room, we always use the experience to grow. 
Use the experience to grow your faith. It may be behind the scenes. Maybe I can't see it, but I'm waiting on that answer to prayer or whatever God is working behind the scenes. Friends, the outcome is never in doubt. Just the timing. There's some things that God wants to do in your life that the outcome is never in doubt. He's going to do it, but a delay is not a denial. There's a difference between a no and not yet. God will test your faith through delays. While I'm working, God is, while I'm waiting, God is working. So what do I do? In Luke chapter 18, Jesus said this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Don't give up. All right, three tough ones. Here's the fourth. It's even tougher. God tests my faith through dollars. All right, remember the snowbanks out there. You can't leave. God uses financial crisis in our lives to teach us to trust him. He uses money to teach us to put our trust in him. Jesus said this in Luke 16, verse 11, So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? God says that there's a direct relationship between how I manage my money and handle my money and the quality and depth of my spiritual life. God says if you're not trustworthy, if you're not responsible in using your money wisely, then God is not going to entrust you with true, true riches, true spiritual blessings. The Bible teaches from this verse and many, many other verses that how I handle my money determines how much God can bless my life. So why did God pick money? Money is the test of faith of most people's lives in our world. You know, we live in the materialistic world. The reason that God has chosen this area is because we spend most of our lives uh, revolving around money. We make money, we spend money, we save money, we invest money, we insure the things that we bought with money. Our lives, to a great degree, revolve around the acquisition of material things. Then we use those things, and then we try to save for more things. So why has God chosen this area in our life? Why did God choose money or God? God tests us. God, uh, God wants us to, to wrestle through this concept. Tithing is the principle that the first 10% of everything we make goes back to God. Why 10%? I have no clue. God just said it. God could have said 50%. God could have said 90%. He could have said 100% because everything we have belongs to God. You wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God. But you say this, I've earned it with my own hands, Matt. Where do you think you got your hands and your brain from? God gave it to you. So God says this, this is a test. Test me with your finances and see if you really believe me. God says, I want you to give the first 10% of everything you make right off the bat to me. So how do you prove that there's a God? To me, one of the greatest proofs that God exists is that he still keeps his promises. He still answers prayer. God says, if you do this, I will do this. 
It's interesting that the entire Bible, there is only one place where God says, here's how I can prove to you that I exist. The verses in Malachi chapter 3. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be enough food in my house. Test me in this, God says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room even to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. In this simple verse, God says, you want me to prove that I exist? Here's the test. Here's the challenge. Tithe. He says, I want you to take the, ten, the top 10% of all you make and give it back to me in gratitude for the fact that I let you take care of all the other stuff. He says, if you do this, I will prove to you that I exist by blessing you in return. I will stretch that 90% to go further than that 100% you would have had in the first place. And I will fill your barns to overflow. I will bless you beyond means. Not just here, but also in heaven. And God says this, try me. Test me. Prove me. God says that the way that you prove him is by following his command about tithing. Friends, it's amazing to me that I meet many people who don't have enough faith to trust God. Sorry, it's amazing to me that I meet many people who have enough faith to trust God for their eternal salvation, but don't have enough faith to trust God with their finances. Those friends say, I can't afford to tithe. You can afford not to if you don't want God's blessing. Whatever you want God's blessing for in life, put him first. If you want God to bless your marriage, put him first. If you want God to bless your career, put him first. If you want God to bless your schoolwork, put him first. If you want God to bless your finances, then put him first. For many of us, In 2022, God says this, do you really believe that I'll take care of you? Do you really believe that I love you? Do you really believe that I can meet all your financial needs? Then you need to put me first. Ecclesiastes 5 says this, when you make a vow, a promise to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. God has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is, better, it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. If you never let God prove himself in your finances, you're missing a terrific blessing. Let me tell you something. God doesn't need your money. God is not poor. But you need to give because when you give, it makes you a giver. And you can't be like God if you're not a giver. The Bible says that if I don't tithe, I'm robbing God of money that is rightfully his. I wonder how many adults would be honest with that statement. Let me keep going here just for a second. Take a deep breath. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says this, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. 
Verse 8, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. So here's the last point. I can develop my faith by giving generously. Every time I obey immediately, every time that I rejoice continually in a problem, every time that I wait patiently in those delays, and every time that I give generously, I'm stretching my faith. And God wants to do that in your life in 2022. There's a great song that I want to read to you, and I hope that you'll go watch it on YouTube. It's called Believe For It. And over this month, we're going to keep coming back to the, what are you believing God for this month? They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. We've heard that there's no way through. We've heard that the tide will never change. They haven't seen what you can do. There's power in your name. So much power in your name. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable, God. We believe. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe for it. God, we believe for it. We know that hope is never lost, for there is still an empty grave. God, we believe no matter what, there's power in your name. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you, God. You always have the final say. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it, for the impossible. We'll see a miracle. God, we believe for it. Let's pray. God, as we step into 2022, may those words that we have heard, the words that you have spoken, the words that I have shared, truly resonate in our hearts. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, may you take it from my friends' minds. And if you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. God, we believe for it. We look forward to what you're going to do in 2022. We ask all this in your most powerful name. Amen.